The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne. A lyrical analysis of Kanye West. My name is Chris Feel. Mm. And I'm the love bean. And today, <laughs> well, if you can guess, we're talking about Feel the Love. What a chorus! Yeah, this is our first uh, of the track-by-track, line-by-line thematic and narrative deconstructions that we're doing for Kids See Ghosts, which is pretty exciting, but also, man, so much to dig into. And terrifying, all these ghosts around. (laughs) Right? Like, I thought I got over that fear. I, (laughs) I seriously used to think that my house in Ohio was haunted. I'm tempted to make you tell the story about the ghosts that I know, but I feel like it would take too long. It would take way too long. Maybe uh, maybe in the bonus episode we'll talk about that. <laughs> Could you imagine just like bonus episode Chris's ghost story? <laughs> I mean, the the bonus episodes, anything's up for grabs. Like we could very well get into your ghost stories. That's true. People would be like, this is the weirdest season that these guys have ever done. <laughs> but it's also very meta. Yeah, right? That's art. Should that <laughs> would be the, the actually in every bonus episode we should confront one of our go, one of our ghosts. Oh, wow. Shit just gets like really real. It's like <laughs> one time in 1997 <laughs> I pushed somebody off a bridge. I was going to say the 7th episode we're definitely <laughs> going to talk about who we've killed. <laughs> it's going to be a oh, slow yeah. which, build. Which one to pick though, you know? <laughs> oh, there's so many. Yeah, uh, I do. I did step on a lot of ants as a kid, and I think about that sometimes because I avoid ants now. And it's just like, <laughs> man, kids are fucked up. Yeah, you yeah. like went out of my way to step on ants. Little sociopath you were. It's not good. No, one day you're gonna have to confront that ghost, Travis. <laughs> I'm gonna make a whole album about the ants I've stepped on. <laughs> man, well. Uh, to give a to give a little context to Kids See Ghosts, we see the album itself as a follow up to Ye, uh, where Ye sees Kanye understanding the damage that his ego has done and the the inability to control being bipolar has had on his life and how that affects the people around him. And Kanye on the whiteboard of track listings 
uh, had listed Ye as the spiritual awakening. And we see hints of that on Ghost Town. Someday, 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 I want to lay down like God did on Sunday. And then the fact that Ghost Town has a sequel on Kitsy Ghost tends to unite the albums a little bit. I don't feel pain anymore. Guess what, baby? I feel free. So where Ye ends with Kanye in this state of like, okay, I need to mature. I need to overcome what's made me this way and be better. Kids see ghosts then is that journey of how do I, how do I become better? Yeah. The way of looking at it is in a lot of ways, Ye and Kids see ghosts have the same journey, but Ye is very external. So it's him squashing beef, say with Jay, uh, Drake, Rhymefest, who pick your person. He's also fixing things in his marriage and he's also thinking about the future. He's thinking about how his daughter is going to view him. So once he gets through all those things, you know, kind of externally, he looks around at the people in his life that he wants to fix everything with. It's time to look internally and be like, okay, now how do I get past these ghosts? Yep. And a really stupid but simple comparison, uh, you know, a movie that we never reference on the show. Never. But... Or in the Yeezus book, uh, The Lion King. The Lion King. That's, uh, you know, Simba at one point has to confront the fact that he has forgotten who he is. And he sees his dad in the clouds and Mufasa's like, remember who you are. Simba. You have forgotten me. No. How could I? You have forgotten who you are and so forgotten me. And even though Simba has that reawakening of that he needs to be the king, even though he's run away from home, he's going to go back and take his rightful place. But the reason he ran away from home was because he thought he's responsible for his dad's death. And when he gets home to confront Scar the one who actually killed Mufasa. Mufasa, or Scar's like, Simba, tell everybody, you're the one that killed Mufasa. Tell them who is responsible for Mufasa's death. I am. It's not true. Tell me it's not true. It's true. You see, he admits it. Murder. And that's that final confrontation that Simba has to have, where he has to legitimately confront his own actions and come to terms with that and hope other people can come to terms with that. Thankfully, in Simba's case, he realizes Scar was the one that did it, which is pretty freeing. But I think everybody in that journey to maturation, to growth, to becoming someone new you always have that period where you have to confront the ghost of your past right and as we talk about in the Jesus book not trying to plug it it's just this is organic um <laughs> we talk about the heroic journey and how kanye uses it and it's that's pretty similar in this case too 
where the heroic journey is you start in the ordinary world, you know, as a master of your realm, and then you're kind of taken outside of it on this journey. It's uh, usually there's, you know, an external thing you're trying to accomplish, but really it's all about this internal journey and you overcoming this part of yourself and moving beyond who you were in the ordinary world and um, just like changing and becoming better. But at some point in all of these narratives, there's the regression and there's the period where kind of like you're talking about in Lion King where you have to kind of come to terms with yourself you have to face yourself and you have to overcome the ugliest part of yourself and that is a lot of what's going on in Kitsy Ghosts yeah and that regression in movies can take a lot of different forms it could be something like in Billy Madison or Waterboy where literally they go back to their old life and who they were and now they have to choose to overcome that once again, where before they were kind of forced by circumstance to overcome it or by other people uh, pushing them. Now it has to be their choice. Remember when Bobby Boucher showed up at halftime and the Bud Dogs won the Bourbon Bowl, do you? But in other ways, you get times where the character literally like dies <laughs> and goes to the underworld and has to like confront their own mortality and death and come back to life and do that or you just simply have something from the past confront them uh, like with Lion King and that's the moment where they have this regression to who they were and they have to deal with that and overcome that yeah so that's a really fun setup for this um. <laughs> yeah uh, and we know that following Ye or a part of Ye was the first three tracks are looking at when the mania takes over, when the ego takes over, and you start to get swept up in your own mania, your own ego, the celebrity of it all. And that's what you see on the last half of I Thought About Killing You, Yikes, and All Mine, before coming out of that and what it leave, where it's like, oh shit, what have I done? Yeah. Um, and it seems that at the start of the song with Cuddy saying, I can still feel the love, it is in a way Kanye still feeling the love after everything that he's done. And he knows that that love still exists, which is motivating in the fact that he's going to confront everything. Because like with Cuddy as well, uh, they still know that people care and they still know that love is there. Yeah, and, you know, Cuddy is the one saying, I can feel the love, and we're saying, oh, that's the way Kanye feels too. Kanye and Cuddy have pretty similar journeys. I mean, I'm not a major Kid Cuddy fan. Like, I can't tell you the intricate details of his life, but I, I do know in general he's somebody who's alienated his fans just like Kanye who has gone through a lot of um, mental health issues and uh, not always reacted in you know the most normal of ways, the ways it's accepted by everybody, and it's alienated people. So I feel like both of them kind of play into that idea of I can still feel the love. Yes, very, very much so. Um, so then it seems strange to then start with Pusha T. Um, I mean, sonically, 
if you're just looking at it like, oh, great, have Pusha on it, Pusha's awesome, awesome. But we know that Kanye works on the narrative and thematic level. We've seen it for so many albums in a row now and just saw it on Ye. Um, so you have to wonder why bring Pusha T, who, when you look at his lyrics, there's two main components to it. Uh, there's the first heart or first half where he talks about being better than other people, not worrying about anybody else. Like we do things better. Like you can't compare me to them. Like ego is what's going on in that first part. We not worry about no other niggas. We the mother niggas. You bust down a rolly, I bust down a brick. Then I flooded nigga. And then you get more into the celebrity and what that means with women. She like them bottles with bubbles in it. Buy her loewe and other linen. Why would I wait when there's other women? Why would I hate we in love with winning? Oh, buy her bundles, fly her out. Bring a friend, I try her out. Ain't no worries finding out. The details as I in doubt. Easily they plays along. Hoping that I play a song. Love to fuck the trap music. Dope money just came along. And he has the very telling line, why would I wait when there's other women? Like, that's so against everything that we know about Kanye Anye that it just, it feels more in line with that all mine gross version of Yeezus, that Yeezus mindset than the yay mindset that we see at the end of the album. Right. And this really gets into, I guess, what Pusher represents and going beyond, you know, that that contrast, um, what Pusher is exploring largely in Daytona, you know, somebody who does put up that ego, that front, somebody who welcomes beef. How could you ever write these wrongs when you don't even write your songs? But let us all play along. We all know what niggas for real been waiting on. Push. Somebody who um, is, I don't know the right way to the phrase, like, you know, the drug talk, but he's somebody who's, I wouldn't say proud of it, but um, is so recognized that, you know, that's how he built his name and, like, that's how he built his empire and what it's led to is, like, ultimately good. Um, all of that, that general attitude is at play here and just having that entire album of material of Pusha T doing that makes that contrast even greater the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about that's why we've created the hefty renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials to participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Yeah, and Kanye kind of hints in ways uh, against Push's mindset, which may be a little strange to say, but... Kanye actively changed the album cover of Daytona to Whitney Houston's hotel bathroom where she OD'd, uh, which conveys a clear contrast between Pusha's, like, I sold drugs, like, I'm rich, haha, 
to the victims of the people that use those drugs and buy those drugs. Yeah. And Kanye gets at it in the production of Comeback Baby, which is the midpoint of the Daytona album, uh, which lines up with Wouldn't Leave and Free and that 313 structure. And in Comeback Baby, you have Kanye inserting into the song via the production uh, the mighty Hannibal intro. I want to talk to all you addicts out there that's got to suffer great big Joan. And just as it's starting to get into maybe a solution for people that are addicted, Pusha comes in just like. Touchdown, I'm so grateful. Number so low, bitch, be thankful. They say don't let money change you. That's how we know money ain't you. It's just bragging. Yeah. And then you get the George Jackson chorus like. Oh, baby, I'm about to go out of my mind. I can't. And Pusha just cuts him off again. Who else got the luxury to drop when he want? Because nobody else could fuck with me. What a show off. Uh, so it's like he's playing the part very well. Very much. And it's like, how much is that is like Pusha just being Pusha and Kanye being like, I'm going to add a little no. nuance in here. Or how much is that like Pusha being like, okay, yes, I'm, I'm going to roll with this i know what you're trying to accomplish i'll be what you need me to be i kind of i mean i know people are going to think that second theory is kind of crazy but kanye west is kanye west you know he's somebody who's had this kind of intercontextuality on all of his albums so far not only between like not that he's actively made connection storylines between albums um but within albums he's definitely had these kinds of narratives building and album by album, we see him building on stuff he talked about on previous albums. So I, I, and on top of all this, and I know we don't want to talk about Nas too much yet, but from my list of the Nas's new album, it definitely plays into uh, what the next step after Kitsip Ghost would be. So I, I do think that on some level they were planning, um, not necessarily a concrete storyline, but more of a thematic narrative that's happening between albums and it makes it would make a lot of sense to me that um kanye's production would be calling out um you know that guilty side of you that thinks about oh like what evolved what is living this kind of life like done to other people because it's that's a ghost you know and that's what all the albums have really been about since daytona is like confronting these ghosts realizing that you have ghosts realizing you have all these scars um i think it's a pretty sound case actually yeah uh on daytona you mentioned scars on daytona kanye says that he's gonna show these scars like seal and then on yay he talks about scars uh in violent crimes and then on fire Kid Cudi sings about seeing scars. On the road uh, to where he's come. And then Nas has a song that talks about scars and being okay with the scars. Yeah, so you have scars mentioned. 
in four albums, which could just be coincidence. I mean, maybe a lot of albums mention scars, but uh, uh, yeah, but not four albums that came out back to back to back to back, all pro- executive produced by Kanye. Yeah, it's just, I mean, not claiming anything definitive, but if you're just looking at like connections between things, uh, that's a correlation that is striking and at least demands some sort of analysis. That's what we're here to do. That's what we do. So it would seem strange to have Pusha come in and say all these things, given the journey that we just went on with Ye. But if you're looking at the album title, Kids See Ghosts, and you're looking at the ghost of your past as an idiom that people use, then Pusha here would almost be representative of the first ghost that's encountered. And as we move throughout the album, we see Kanye and Cuddy dealing with the ghosts of their past. Uh, Ego, (laughs) the same way that Pusha has that ego. Uh, Women, the same way that Pusha's dealing with women and with celebrity in general. So this seems more of just an overview kind of this is what the album is going to be dealing with is like these ghosts yes and these are all ghosts Kanye's saying about his entire career and if I knew more about Cuddy I would assume that these are stuff this is stuff he's covered as well yeah I don't know much beyond man on the moon I'm so sorry to everybody (laughs) but yeah Kanye I mean this is all stuff he talks about I mean the women especially which is a big part of uh pushes verse and leads into connie's part in the song i mean from my beautiful dark twisted fantasy you know between like run away and hell of a life and blame game to uh yeezus where you have hold my liquor and i'm, I'm in, in it, it. <laughs> and blood in the leaves it's and then all of the life of Pablo, you know all of the life of Pablo is about infidelity and learning to love your wife like romance has been such a integral part of his discography Yep, uh, and then Cuddy talk about a ghost in your past. Cuddy did have the song "Poker Face," which was a remix of Lady Gaga's "Poker Face," but instead of it being like the face you use during poker, it's about poking her in the face with your penis. That's fun. <laughs> yeah, good times. Everybody loves that. <clears throat> I remember having just graduated college, and I was like, "This is an amazing song." <laughs> And then I just went back and re-listened to it recently. I was just like, oh, no. (laughs) I was such an idiot. Oh, no. (laughs) Nope, don't listen to that again. Uh, But you get this uh, closing line, uh, not closing, but penultimate, love to fuck to trap music, which is just such an ego, because Pusha makes such, like, drug-focused music. Uh that he's essentially like saying that he loves the fuck to his own music. And in response to that, you get Kanye coming in with this like which feels like this aggressive trap kind of scat that fits with push a T in that attitude of like ego and uh, 
gangsterness and it sounds like gunfire and he really goes into it for the next like seven lines like you hear a lot of gat 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 gats i love every second of it (laughs) and while that may just seem like oh interesting like choice like it's just prime for a wait kind of what yeah there's a little bit of a mm, okay just bear with us here you have to bear with us (laughs) you know that kanye loves michael jackson right like like he he's referred to himself as the next michael jackson in like many interviews civil rights what michael jackson did with um with with music videos and the brown he broke there would be no kanye west if it wasn't for michael jackson he referenced michael jackson on slow jams on through the wire on hey mama on knock you down the carrie hilson song on good life he sampled pretty young thing he referenced michael on gold digger american boy i am a god in the zane lowe interview in the runaway movie there's a whole parade where you have like a huge glowing michael jackson head yeah and And, in the song he says mj gone yeah and that's what the start of all of the lights that leads to like spousal abuse and his life falling apart uh halloween 2011 kanye dressed like michael jackson so there's a lot of watch the throne he referenced michael jackson uh there's a lot of michael jackson love and references um and lost in the world he has the the verse where he's like you know you're my war you're my truth you're my truth you're my questions you're my proof you're my stress and your mama sues mama say mama say mama makusa mama ma say mama say mama makusa which is a reference to the Michael Jackson song Wanna Be Starting Something where Michael Jackson references those lines specifically Mama Must Say which translates oh geez this is a lot (laughs) it's a duala phrase that translates to you're a vegetable and in the bridge of this song, Wanna Be Starting Something, which is about like false media pr- presentation and how the media tears people apart, uh, specifically about like Michael Jackson and his family, he has a bridge that says, you're a vegetable, you're a vegetable, still they hate you. which positions his sister or himself or anybody that's the target of the media as something that's like really innocent and simple. And like, how can you hate a vegetable? And they just feed off of you. And in Lost in the World on this album, that has been such a critique of celebrity and celebrity life. And the next line is lost in this plastic life. Uh, it's a reference to like being a vegetable and all the shit that that entails due to the context of Michael Jackson. <sighs> it's a long walk but we're getting we're almost there we're almost there so in the michael jackson song remember the time remember 
There's a breakdown, this extended, like, do you remember the time? Do you remember, girl? Like, Michael's getting real into it. And in the middle of this, like, very, not even musical, just, like, yelling, he goes, grat tat 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 So you get Michael Jackson doing a grat tat 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 before Kanye does a grat gat 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 gat. Uh, which maybe you're just like, what the fuck? (laughs) But given Kanye's love of Michael, and we know that he often uses samples or interpolations to call in the context of a song in order to add more depth and context to what he's talking about in his song. So Remember the Time by Michael Jackson is do you remember when we fell in love? We were young and innocent then. Do you remember how it all began? It just seemed like heaven, so why did it end? And those questions seem so much a part of everything <laughs> that was just going on with Ye. Yes. And old Kanye, new Kanye, all the drama of people saying, like, we used to love Kanye, but, like, post-Trump, post all of that, like, fuck Kanye. But also just what the journey Kanye is going on himself in the album, you know, um, it starts out with him thinking about the beef he has of Jay and thinking about all of this, these people he's pushed away in his life, you know, including his wife and his family. He, he almost like he loses sight of that love in a way and he doesn't realize it until like wouldn't leave and then moving on from that song. Now you testing a lot. This is what they mean when they say for better or for worse, huh? For every damn female that stuck what they do through the best times, through the worst times. Just for you. Man, I know you Like the celebrity, the mania had all taken hold of him. And it's only after that that he's coming back to like feeling the love. So in, a, in an album that's about confronting your ghosts and your past, referencing the Michael Jackson song that talks about when you were young and innocent and wondering why it ended just seems very fitting. Yeah. And as Chris kind of pointed out, there are a lot of examples of Kanye just referencing Michael Jackson pretty normally, um, even, you know, just dressing up like him at Halloween or throwing a line at him. Um, but there's a lot of uh, sometimes it's very nuanced and kind of layered like it is in the Lost in the World song. And we know he's capable of making something that layered. So it to us, it isn't that much of a stretch to think he's doing that here as well. And in the context, then you have Pusha T representing this ghost of Kanye and Cuddy, that attitude, that ego, that indulgence. And Kanye bringing in that remember the time. There's a tension there between remember this. It's like placing that Pusha attitude in the past. But it's also capturing that Pusha attitude through the intensity of the lines. Mm -hmm. Just the attitude he's bringing with like, grat, gat, 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 gat. And how Cuddy says, I can still feel the love 
is very similar to in the song itself, uh, Remember the Time, you have a background vocal just saying, Remember the Time, over all of Michael Jackson's little ad libs Mm -hmm. and lines. So there's this past and present tension on Remember the Time and a past and present tension in Feel the Love, except they're inverted, where Remember the Time, it was positive in the past and negative presently now it's negative in the past and positive presently right so it's a sort of ironic use of it and especially ironic because in yay you know all of yikes is kind of there's this like vacillation between the healthy side of kanye and the yeezus side of kanye and at one point we hear him say i can feel the spirits all around me i think prince and bike is trying to warn me they know i got demons all on me Devil been trying to make an army. So it's almost like he's thinking, oh, I need to look to Michael Jackson and Prince for guidance. You know, these guys who went through so much shit as celebrities who were on top of the world and then kind of, you know, got knocked down and were in disarray at the end. Well, at least Michael Jackson was um, like he's looking to them for guidance. And what do we see him here do on Feel the Love? He's sort of reject rejecting Michael all of a sudden, like he's using him ironically and he's like taking this. What is supposed to be a beautiful sentiment from Michael Jackson and making it ugly. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because calling to the spirit of Mike in the first track on this album, and then the last track of the album uses the spirit of Kurt Cobain. Yeah, shit, man. Through uh, Burn the Rain. And it's like, these are the ghosts that are around Cuddy and Kanye. It's not just who they were, but it's also the other musicians that had it all and lost it through not being able to cope. And those ghosts are around them as well. And again, that's why it's harder to... um, it's tough to argue this and like get people to just think like, oh, Connie's not referencing Michael, but um, you know that what you just said, you know, the fact that he's using Kurt Cobain in the song and the fact that he is making these kinds of connections, like we do find that Connie is that nuanced a lot of the times. Yeah, I mean, when he speaks out in public, there are times where he he's not as nuanced, but when he's getting to sit down and like think through art and convey things through art we've watched him develop his nuance uh, over the track. I mean, we've deconstructed 85, 86 songs at this point, uh, gone through most of his discography, and you can track the developments. He wasn't doing shit like this on graduation. He wasn't doing shit like this on late registration. Um, He wasn't even doing shit like this on My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. It's been something he's been building to. Yeah fucking nuts man we don't get paid enough (laughs) 
but somebody please pay us. <laughs> like I said, not enough. We, we get paid zero. Yeah. Uh, one day. You know, maybe. Maybe. Um, then you get the next bridge, and things change a little bit. That aggressive gat-gat-gat-gat that's just machine gun fire with no real musicality to it becomes more of a ba-ba-ba-ba, ga-ga-ga-ga, bra-da-da-da. Until it's almost musical at the end, which uh, I don't know. I find I don't know if I have like necessarily an analysis of that. It's just kind of fascinating to me and recalls to me. I thought about killing you. How each time he says uh, the most beautiful thoughts are beside or inside the darkest, he starts to get a little bit more musical. Where there's no music at the first time. He says it a second time, and there's just the hums. And they're very brief. And then the third time he says it, the hums take on a much larger sense of music. Which seems to be showing that I'm having these dark thoughts, but I'm starting to feel the music building. Yeah. That's that's interesting that he could just be introducing the music here and showing because like the music is a way of coping. Right. It's introducing something beautiful. Um, and maybe this is his way of like trying to find something beautiful. Um, I don't know if that's super sound, but like considering this album pretty much identically mirrors. Yay. It wouldn't surprise me that he's doing something similar to that. Yeah, there are a lot of echoes. And if the main introduction on yay was the most beautiful thoughts are beside the darkest and on this album you have a lot of dark thoughts that are leading to beautiful revelations especially by the end of the album it seems more that this album is like straight up showing or still using that idea of beauty and darkness interacting especially since he says where's the chorus after that like he's actually looking for the music what a chorus! Likes to be <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. Um, I, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say the only other words he like says aside from that like random "Where's the chorus," which is very like fourth wall breaking and meta, is just him going rude, rude, rude. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> this is this is what I was gonna get into. So we're on the same page. Perfect. Um, I, yeah, I, that's what I really know from this bridge actually is just that how childish it kind of gets all of a sudden. Cause you go from the, you know, it sounds like a gun. It's very aggressive. It, it kind of sounds gangster and it makes sense coming out of push this part, but then it, it almost feels like it regresses in a way in this part. And it starts to feel a little more, uh, just immature, I guess. Like we talked about this in the, the, I thought about killing you episode, a large part of yay you know, his journey to becoming a kid again. And at the end of the album, when he becomes a kid, it's this kind of uh, new take on life. You know, you're sort of reborn. You have the spiritual awakening and you're like, all right, I'm ready to start a new life. I'm going to start over. 
And that's great, but there's another kid on the album. You know, he talks about being kids in other parts. Uh, and I thought about killing you when he talks about buckwheat and everything, and you know how the kids are supposed to act. Buckwheat ass nigga, it's gonna be okay. Young nigga, shit nigga, we don't age. That use of being a kid there is very. Um, it's the complete opposite, you know. He's like a fucking brat he, who gets everything he wants, you know. The attitude on all mine and everything. Um, and I think that those two images are constantly at play between these two albums and like what it means to be a kid. So we see a similar journey on here, I think, where um, here in the bridge, like he really does start to sound like a kid to me, like a bratty little fucker. And then by <laughs> the end of the album, he's, he's somebody who's kind of grown up, who's like realized you know, the right way to live and the right way to view the people around you and how to conduct yourself. Yeah. That you said really great things about that immaturity that punctuates the first, does it even punctuate saturates (laughs) the first half of yay to the point where it's not until Kanye himself is viewing things from the eyes of a father that he has matured to this point of being able to see how immature he was. Yeah, like on violent crimes. Cause she know that niggas is savage, niggas is monsters, niggas is pimps, niggas is players, to niggas have daughters, niggas is pimps, niggas is players, to niggas have daughters. Yeah, that's that's what it like violent crimes, it's like he's specifically calling out that he was just savage, a monster, a pimp, a player, and that's all immaturity. But he can still feel the love. Can still feel the love. Yeah, so there's there's that past and present tension where it's just like, to me it still feels like that push-a-verse and Kanye's like, grat get gat it's almost capturing what he Kanye and Cuddy have like been and encapsulating their attitudes and all the aggression they had the the ego that they had had and it's like despite us having been these people I can still feel the love yeah and it's and also while Cuddy is you know as the song closes out and Cuddy's still saying that we still have Kanye come in going woo you know and doing the ba 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 and everything I just think that's really awesome that they don't, um, you know, it's like the song ends on some sort of happy note. Like, no, I can still feel the love. Like, I'm ignoring this. Like, that that presence of Kanye, that dark side of you is still there very much. Yeah. Just still being rude, rude, rude. Yeah. And Fire, we'll see next week when we do Fire that Kanye kind of continues in that vein using adult words this time rather than speaking like a child. Yeah. Um, but Cuddy also continues that contrast of 
uh, where we're at now versus where we were. Yes. So that'll be a, a cool dynamic to discuss. Yeah. Wow, was that the that... shortest episode in Watching the Throne history? I was just going to say, like, <laughs> did we just do that in 38 minutes? <laughs> oh, man, that's crazy. Um, but, you know, I mean, th- this song, is, this album is super complicated and deep and layered. There's a lot going on. Um, I, I just do think this song is much more of an introduction into the world as opposed to something like I thought about Killing You that's introducing all of these dynamics and all this juxtaposition and it's going for all these different angles like i i kind of i i like that about feel the love you know it's just world building yeah it it's uh god i'm trying to think of what the difference is like artistically speaking like both are showing it's just one is showing more the attitude so it doesn't have to do as much, which is kids see ghosts. It's just contrasting, like, this is the attitude we had, and this is the attitude that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought about killing you is not doing... <laughs> it's having to set up, like, a full characterization, the character, like, arc, the character journey, the themes in a much more, like literal and specific way rather than spiritual right and that's probably largely because if you you if you're viewing yay and kitsy ghost is connected you know i thought about killing you is the the starting point for all of that you know it has to even set up kitsy ghosts in a way and kitsy ghosts ends up just being sort of a continuation but also the introduction to the new world yeah it's more of a an interlude right yeah the whole album is an interlude (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, next week with Fire. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I'm especially looking forward to Fourth Dimension. Not that I'm not excited about Fire, but I'm super excited to talk about that Santa Claus uh, sample they use on Fourth Dimension. Yeah, we're going to have to do a whole lot of research on psychedelics. Oh, you mean like like actual research? Like, (laughs) I don't know what the right term is for that, but... We, we're gonna have to take uh, some drugs experiential yes experiential research yeah see if we can encounter any mechanical elves or the jester <laughs> exactly fucking hell um well so today's the 15th three days from now we have the yeezus book coming out so probably when you're listening to this the yeezus book will be out but if you're enjoying the analyses that we do here um <laughs> but don't quite like the conversational style. (laughs) The Yeezus book is your opportunity to uh, get our depth of analysis, but in a concise written form. Uh, But it's also us, the most unruly YouTube channel, and Martin Connor of Rap Analysis, uh, really looking at the album on a whole. So while 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 Travis and I handle the narrative and thematic deconstruction Donald gives from the most unruly gives more of the context of the album and Martin deconstructs the production of the tracks. Yep. And we get into the tour. Uh, we get into, you know, everybody who is involved in the album. We talk about merchandise. Um, as mentioned earlier, we talk about the heroic journey and how it plays on Jesus. So we're covering a lot of ground. 
And if that sounds very academic and boring, it's a coffee table book. So there's a lot of really cool art, <laughs> or a lot of really cool design elements that uh, help alleviate whatever boredom you might feel from <laughs> academic analysis. That's a good way to sell the book. It'll bore you, but it's cool to look at. Yeah. Yeah. You'll learn. Learning's boring, but learning's great. (laughs) Um, You can support us on both iTunes by leaving a review. We really appreciate that. And you can join our Patreon, where you can donate as little as $1 a month. There are different levels to which you can donate money. um, And there are different, uh, what's the right word? Not prizes, just like perks. Benefits. Yeah, benefits. Um, And soon we're going to start rolling out some more... You can set up goals on Patreon for if you get uh, a certain amount of money donated to your project, you will uh, do something. You you just set a goal, and Chris and I are going to form a bunch of goals that we'll be doing over the next few months. Yeah, those are going to be absurd. Yeah, they're going to be fun, fun and for dumb. All. Yeah, fun and dumb. <laughs> and Kanye-related, you know? Of course. So, and also, uh, if you don't want to leave a review on iTunes, if you can just subscribe, that's very helpful as well. Of course, yeah. That, uh, very, very helpful. Hmm. And then we also have a website where we sell some Kanye fan merch. So, if you want some cool Kanye-related shirts that aren't as expensive as the... (laughs) Kanye merch, uh, we got you covered. Just go to watchingthethrone.com. Yep. And follow us on Twitter at, at Kanye Podcast. Cool. Well, uh, we'll either catch you on the bonus episode or the next track that we cover, which is Yay and Yikes. Ooh, man. Yikes is going to be Yikes. Yeah, it will not be a 45-minute episode. <laughs> no, with Jordan there, it's likely going to be a two-hour up. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for listening, <laughs> and good luck with that. Keep it wavy. And loopy. You ain't got nothing better to do with yourself. I done proved it myself. Back on that ruling myself, I got new news to tell. Act like you knew you'd fail. Only you know how I feel, and only if you knew how I felt. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.